Hello there, you're listening to the Park Rush Podcast. This is a Theme Park Podcast. I'm Tom. Joining me, as ever, is Josh. Hello there. Hello there, Josh. How's it going? I'm good, thank you. How about yourself? Not too bad, not too bad. Quite enjoying you just before we started recording there. Reminiscing on just how long this this operation has been in motion. I guess, and it's episode 170 today, and I feel like every time you come up on a nice round number, it makes you think, oh Jesus, this has been going on for far longer than anyone would have expected or asked for. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, November 4th, 2018, the first episode went out. Wow, wow. Did you ever imagine we'd still be going in January 2022? Uh, no, I don't think so. I don't, I'm surprised we managed to get for a year still, quite honest. Uh, yeah. And there has not, not a week has gone by without an episode of some description released onto the feed. It's quite an extraordinary record. uh, And as always, we apologize. Absolutely. We can't apologize enough. But, you know, this this train keeps rolling and a big part of why is that the theme parks keep delivering, Josh. There there was uncertainty. Would things ever be the same after COVID? But we're, we're coming, what, three weeks into the new year here and we've got multiple opening dates to talk about for, for roller coasters. We've got new looks at other rides that are due to open this year. It's all it's all pretty good news. I mean, by and large, the theme park industry is coming out swinging from the COVID pandemic. And bar a few exceptions, everyone's kind of back up and running and keen to get yeah. you on rides and uh, sell you some licensed masks, I guess. Yeah, or some uh, try and sell you a figment themed uh, popcorn bucket. Oh, yeah. Have you got a weekly update on the status of uh, the figment popcorn buckets at Epcot? My understanding is is that the uh, the second-hand market is starting to cool. Yeah, it maxed out at, uh, over a grand for one of these popcorn buckets. What the $1,000. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, $1,075. started to cool off. It's now 80 to $140 for one of these on eBay. For a for a popcorn bucket that costs twenty five bucks if you buy it in Epcot. But why? But why? I mean, I'm just looking at them now. They're nice popcorn buckets. I mean, they look quite impractical to me. Not the most efficient way of eating popcorn. Have you seen how you get the popcorn out of it? I haven't. No. Do you have to like put your hand down its throat? <laughs> <laughs> no. There's a. It's really lame. It, the back opens up like a drawer, basically. Like a Mr. Potato Head? Yes, exactly like a Mr. Potato Head. Yeah. Um, and it's just, and it's a bag of colourful popcorn that goes inside of it. It's not like freshly popped. Um, oh, right. From a popcorn. Can machine. you go and get refills? Can you turn up at a popcorn stand at Disney and just be like, just, just, just pour it down figment for me, mate? Uh, I don't think so. They're currently te- they're temporary temporarily sold out. I believe the bucket, the popcorn buckets. Yeah, I wonder if they will get get more in stock, and this will sort of help fix this broken secondhand market that has come to fruition. <laughs> Was there not a similar ridiculous surge to buy merchandise? in the Splash Mountain gift shop at some point. Yeah, because they also announced like official pop vinyl models, right? And but they were gonna be they were gonna be ending and no. so there's a whole rush on them. Like so there's clearly resellers that have annual passes that just go to just buy loads of it up in the shop and resell it on eBay mm. um, with their annual pass holder discount. Seemingly some of them have been reprimanded for this fig figment bucket debacle but uh yeah you've got i feel you've got to be nuts to pay a grand for one of these things you would have thought so i've just looked up some splash mountain funko pops on ebay 
And we've got one here, Josh. What do you say? There's one ticking away right now. Only 42 oh. minutes left to put a bid in for Brer Rabbit and Brer Bear on the log flume. £82 is the current bid. This is coming all the way from Grimsby, UK. <laughs> so someone has, uh, has has seen an opportunity here to make a buck. And £82, to be honest, I would have expected it to go for more than that. I mean, there's 42 minutes to mm-hmm. go. Shall I put a bid in? And by the time we finish recording, I can, I can say... Yeah, go I've, on. I've got it! Do it. I'm absolutely not paying £82 for a Funko. <laughs> absolutely uh, no I, chance. Does that include postage? Is postage free or do you have to pay extra for postage? Oh, I've, does it say? I've closed it now. Hold on. Ah. Hold on. Do you have to pay for postage? Let's see. Yes, you feel... do. £9 for postage. <sighs> £9 for postage from Grimsby. That's crazy. I feel like for one of those Funko Pops, if you was going to buy it, and get it shipped over from America, you're probably talking 50 quid-ish, mm. maybe more, maybe 60. So uh, if it was 80 quid with shop- included shipping, it's probably not too unreasonable. Um, right. If you, you can also get... There's, there's someone in Bridge End selling a pack of three Br'er Rabbit, Br'er Fox, Br'er Bear for 90 pounds uh, they're only charging six pound 30 for postage so there you go the market for these though. thing park funkos is quite incredible here's another one for you there's uh phineas from the haunted mansion 140 pounds <laughs> from trowbridge in the uk free postage though josh free well, postage sign me up yeah Absolutely. God, the market uh, on, like, I guess, quote-unquote, rare Funkos is really extraordinary, isn't it? We've got got Freddy from Stranger Things. I don't know off the top of my head who Freddy is, but 330 quid, apparently. has bought a load of them um, at retail price. um, Mm. And some of them, I believe, that he's got a rare, and they're mint in box still. He is, he is admit, buying them as collector's items. And I was like, oh, man, you're a kid. Nah, Stop it. I, I don't, I, I've got some Funkos. I don't think there are any that are considered rare. I, I haven't looked into it, to be honest. But I unbox them and I, they're, they're like dotted around. One of them is, two of them are actually used as, uh, for cable management. I've got, <laughs> I've got a USB-C <laughs> cable that comes up from behind my desk uh, under Thanos' arm. <laughs> And then Brilliant. into the into the iPad or Switch or whatever needs charging. So yeah, I've got some practical use for for a couple of my Funko Pops. I, I think if I saw a Thing Park Funko out in the wild in Disney World or, or somewhere else, I, I would go. I would go for it. I think, but if, I would if not. If you're buying it retail to out, enjoy it yourself, uh, I think. It's... Yeah, no, not seeking out eBay. Second-hand no. ones. But buy them retail to enjoy yourself. I can fully uh, appreciate, if it's, even if it's not my thing, if you're buying it uh, as an investment, uh, then I think you need to look at yourself in the mirror um, yep. generally. Um, and especially if you're trying, you know, just go out, have some fun, you know. Yeah, exactly, you know. Kids of 20 years ago buying Funkos to then take them outside into the garden and, like, bang them against one another like they're having a fight. Yeah. <laughs> the kids of today are rocking up to Smythe's or Smith's toy stores in, in like, a suit. Uh, <laughs> so, what, yeah, what can, you, what can you get me? Like, demanding a meeting with the store manager. Uh, I'll, take, I'll take them at, uh, I'll take them at a, a discounted price if you give me, like, 20 of these things. I remember my dad had to buy Woody and Buzz from uh, America on a, on a work yes. trip because he couldn't get them over here because, uh, you know, really hard to find. Mm. That'd cost an absolute fortune if you, you could buy them for an, sell them for an absolute fortune on eBay if you did that these days. Oh, absolutely. I've got some great similar, similarly great stories. I think I might have told the one before on here about the hunt for the seven dwarves. 
the, the Disney yeah. stores used to do these really nice uh, plush seven dwarves, but they were sort of solid and their feet especially were solid because they were designed to sort of stand up. And yeah. uh, I remember as a kid, I was getting them one by one to line up on the windowsill. And there was one in particular that took a really long time to find. I think it was it was like bashful or sleepy or sneezy. It was one of those three. It wasn't one of the sort of it wasn't Doc and Grumpy. You know, those were the the mainstays. Not it was kind of those names. three towards the back. Yeah. And. I eventually, I do have them all still. I, I don't. They're either on top of my wardrobe in a box up there, which I can see from here, or they're in the loft. But I do still have them. The, the other, in terms of a Florida purchase or a US purchase, do you remember Neopets? Yes, unfortunately. So Neopets became such a big thing that there was, you know, Neopets merch in the same way that there's Minecraft merch now and Fortnite merch. Yeah, and I can't. I think it. Rather embarrassingly, they signed an exclusive deal to sell Neopet plushies. I think with Claire's, Claire's accessories. Claire's accessories. <laughs> so, and they only sold them in the US. And my dad used to go on semi-regular business trips to Texas, to Houston. And I remember sending him out to find me uh, one of the, the, the drag. There was a dragon Neopet. I think it was like Scorchio or something like that little red dragon yeah yeah and, I and he to go. managed to get hold of one for me in a claire's accessories but yeah you know this <laughs> middle-aged man going into claire's be like you got any of these plush dragons <laughs> by himself <laughs> like that um was it the, the um... it's like jingle all the way uh, the old... yeah i was thinking do you know that, that meme of the drug addict Oh, yeah. You got any more of them Neopets? <laughs> oh, dear. Good times. Simpler times. Good times, speaking of which, are coming, Josh, to several thing parks in the coming weeks and months because we've got Ooh. sort of a holy trinity of new rides opening uh, at Bush Stroke SeaWorld Parks, which is very exciting. So we got an opening date for Icebreaker, I think, last time out. But what we have uh, that is new this week for Icebreaker, which is the new coaster coming to SeaWorld Orlando, is uh, an official POV video. So we can take a virtual ride on this before it opens to the public on the 18th of February. It's opening for pass holders at SeaWorld at the end of this month. I think this ride looks... When you take the the ride itself, the track in isolation, I think it looks pretty cool. I think, you know, the it does literally look like oh they've just plopped the roller coaster down in a bit of empty space at SeaWorld. I mean the 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 theming or lack thereof in and around the track is very, I think, noticeable. It, it's uh, right next to where they used to do the uh, water like the water sport show, right? Right, yeah. The um, water skiing and the and that sort of thing. Mm. But there's no Trashing real attempt to more. dress it up in any way. No. I don't know what the queue will be like. Maybe there'll be a little bit more going on there. The Manta queue, for example, is is quite nice with the the, the tanks, uh, the aquarium. But as I say, taken in isolation, just purely looking at the track and the stuff it's got going for it, I think this looks pretty awesome, and I'm excited to ride it if I get to Florida in April. What what, yes. what do you make of it, Josh? Will this get you to? Will this get you to go? I I do really like the look of this ride. Um, I mean, if I was going to go this year, we probably wouldn't go to SeaWorld. I, I think I've discussed this before, but my brother had a really bad time there, um, and basically has said that he will never go back. What um, happened? Did, a, did he get attacked by an orca? <laughs> basically, the staff were really rude. Um, at like every turn, like. Oh. not a single staff member were polite to them like they had issues as well so it's not like just general day-to-day -day, but basically just like screw you and your issues screw you and your issues <laughs> that is that is an approach to life which i may well leave this studio with today that is <laughs> i can respect it screw yeah. you and your issues <laughs> just for balance I like SeaWorld, 
And uh, a very nice man in the ice cream parlour, I've told this story before, did give us a free ice cream once. Uh, well, so there you go. There you go. You know, they can do no wrong in my eyes. Uh, I do really like the look of this ride. Um, predominantly, I think you're going to be want to be sat at the back, I think, for me. Mm. Um, it means you go higher up the um, the past vertical uh, spike. 100 degrees. Which, yeah, 100 degrees, which is obviously where you want to be. You want to be at the back of that, so because mm. um, you want to be higher up. Yeah. It does look an interesting ride. Looking forward to it. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it does have a top hat manoeuvre. It does pale in comparison to the top hat on Velocicoaster, but maybe it's a slightly unfair comparison. But no, I think it looks good. And, you know, not just in terms of its uh, bright orange paint job, but also just in terms of the type of ride that it is. It it is very similar. It looks similar to me, having obviously not ridden either of these yet, uh, to Tigris at. Uh, at Bush Gardens, Tampa, or Tigris. I, I don't know if they're what the. I, I'm going to be curious to go to Bush Gardens and and just overhear how people are pronouncing Tigris, Tigris. I, I, I guess Tigris makes more sense if it's in some way inspired tigris, by a tiger, but it just sounds it's uh, Tigris is more fun to say. Yeah, I know what you mean. I think it's using the same ride structure and that of uh, uh the same ride type as uh tempesto at bush gardens williamsburg and electric eel at san diego as well fair enough speaking of san diego yeah. Yeah. got an opening date for another SeaWorld attraction uh, this being emperor uh, which is opening on the 12th of march at SeaWorld san diego now, this is basically Sheikra, but it's themed to a penguin instead of a bird. Am I right? <laughs> uh, yeah, it's not as tall. I'm going to be but... really reductive about it. Yeah, it's about 60 yeah. feet short of of, of Sheikra. Yeah. But, you know, you know what you like, I guess. If you like Sheikra and if you like, uh, what is it, Griffin at Griffin, Williamsburg? Yeah. Which, is, which, again, is, is very much one of these... Uh, vertical oh, drop coaster, so. sixty miles per hour, flawless as well uh, as the other two are. Yep, and of course, being named Emperor, like the penguin, uh, they are saying that this will mimic the penguin's uh, ability to dive deep underwater. <laughs> so there you go. I, I'm personally hoping that they take some inspiration as well from the Penguin ride at SeaWorld Orlando. They need to like mix the two together. So you, you get the dive in at the start and then it becomes like this weird trackless teacups kind of experience. And then at the end you get to hang out with penguins in absolutely freezing yeah. sub-zero temperatures. This one, this uh, it's got a smaller car layout i think as well so this is three by six whereas shikra and griffin are i think it's 10 at the front and then two lots of six behind that oh okay um, Hmm. wider Um, yeah and then even uh oblivion is eight across i think or it might be six across i can't remember now i i like the wider cars on these rides because when you're out on the edge you really do even more feel like you are just hanging over nothing (laughs) because you just look straight down and you can't see anything other than the ground, you know, 200 feet below you. Whereas if you're in the middle, uh, if you look out far enough, you you know, you can just see where that track uh, starts to tilt over into the vertical drop. Whereas, yeah, as I say, off to the side, you really do feel like you're out there on your own and it adds to the to the fear so but you know uh, i guess it'd be a, a slightly different experience a sort of slightly tighter more compact car um yeah it's a tighter more compact yeah. layout as well by the looks of things which is cool yes definitely uh, i'll be looking forward to seeing you know the pov videos that come out for this one as well i mm. mean chicra is still a fantastic ride and that is that's at least 15 years old 
now. It was certainly there in 2006. I was looking through some old photos the other day. And Yeah, I think Griffin is 99. Oh, right, okay. And Sheikra, for me, still absolutely holds up. So even if it, even if this is extremely more of the same, I think it will still be a very compelling addition to the SeaWorld San Diego lineup. And another example, really, of how SeaWorld the SeaWorld parks are, I think, overall quite successfully pivoting away from what they were always known oh, no. for to being these kind of, you know, uh, destinations for thrill-seekers. I think yeah. all the SeaWorld I, parks have some good coaster lineups now. I, I've got to, got to correct myself, Tom. It was 2007 was uh, Griffin at Busch Gardens, uh, Williamsburg. Um, I was just miscuing my dates there. So It's uh, not like us to year... misinform the listeners. How dare you? No, never, no. Um, so I think it's a year and a half after uh, Shikra came out. Oh, okay. Came out. Yeah. <laughs> like a film. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Shikra the movie. That's what we're lacking here, right? We've, we've had yeah. we've had plenty of Disney theme park films. Where are my Bush and SeaWorld theme park films? You know what I mean? Free Willy doesn't Give count. Give them to me. Oh, no, of course. <laughs> Remember Free Willy? How many of those did they make? I reckon it's a sort of land before time situation. You'll look it up and you won't believe that they made 27 Free Willy films. <laughs> well, they re- they remade Free Willy, right? With um... Did they reboot Free Willy? Yeah. With... No. Uh, yeah, with uh, uh, Steve Irwin's daughter, I believe. Really? Yeah. Wow. It might I had no idea. Different, but... Free Willy. Yeah, 1993 was Free Willy, um, which I, I cannot say without almost chuckling because I'm just a massive 10-year-old in a... Well, not even a massive 10-year-old. I'm a 10-year-old-sized 10 10-year-old I'm a, I'm a 10 trapped in a 10-year-old's <laughs> body as well, I guess. Oh, apologies. God, I don't I'm trying to work a, out. I don't think Free it was remade. Willy, it was just another one. Free Willy 2. Uh, Bindi Irwin. Yeah, Free Willy 2, The Adventure Home, Free Willy 3, The Rescue, Free Willy, Escape from Pirate's Cove. I don't think I've seen this one. Pirate's Cove is the Bindi Irwin uh, one. Okay, right. Yeah. Is that And is that the last... Uh, is that the last yes. Free Willy release? Yeah. Okay. Right. Well... It's about time, no, for a Free Willy reboot, I would say. Coming up on the sort of uh, time where there's Free Willy nostalgia out there. Let's get, let's get moving. <laughs> uh, if anything, I feel like Free Willy is more poignant now, <laughs> you know, after Blackfish. Mm. Save those willies. Save those willies, absolutely, yeah. <laughs> oh, dear. Okay, uh, the final uh, the final piece of news here in this sort of trilogy of Bush SeaWorld coaster updates is that we have an opening date for Iron Guazi, which I think I'm right in saying basically if COVID had never happened, you know, one of the biggest ifs of all time at this point, then this would have yeah. opened in 2020. Uh, but it's not going to open until March the 11th of 2022. Which works just fine for me. Uh, as I say, if this trip goes ahead in April, it, it does sound as though we will be going to Bush and therefore we will be able to check out Iron Guazi. This thing looks absolutely insane. So I think the POV that, uh, the, the most recent POV for this is not new, but I watched it again uh, when I read about the uh, opening date just to remind myself. And yeah, like I say, this thing looks absolutely mad. I think this this is going to probably take the crown of being the kind of most intense, extreme coaster at Bush Gardens Tampa, just based purely on the video, which obviously is saying yeah. something because that park has very much built itself on incredible roller coasters. And yeah, this thing, I can't wait to ride this thing. This thing does look good, that's for sure. You're telling me this won't convince you, Josh, to... <laughs> To go to Florida with your fam I, in 2022. My, but again, my, my family would not be going to Bush Gardens because... You uh, go by yourself. I You're would a grown-ass man. A, you can drive. It is a, 
it is a trek, um, and I'd have to rent a car for myself for that one day. Uh, right, yeah. Does look good though. I did contemplate it when I was contemplating going to uh, Florida with them. I was contemplating flying out uh, a couple of days early to go to Bush Gardens before <laughs> me uh, getting a train or some such to you know, back to Orlando to meet them. Do it there. Do it. Uh, it's probably not going to happen now. Do it. They bought they bought theme park tickets and everything at this point. So do it. It's not. It's not going to happen. I got. I got other places to be, Tom. You know. You know this. Yeah, but none of that is set in stone, Josh. Japan are still not letting foreigners in. I hate to break it to you. Well, but Japan is is still a kind of long, long, long way away dream, more than a tangible reality at this point. I, I, I would. I would put. I wouldn't say that Disney World is a tangible reality at this point for me either, but... Uh... <laughs> Alas. Well, just one final thing in terms of me reminding myself of just why Iron Gwazi looks so ridiculous is that this thing is 206 feet tall, which I think might mean it edges out Sheepcra as the tallest coaster it, it, at the park. It, that is I definitely think... taller than Sheepcra. Sheepcra is 200 feet. Oh, Okay. But uh, not not the tallest ride, of course. You, d- you do have Falcon's Fury there with the, the the drop tower, which is which is absolutely terrifying. But yeah, two hundred six feet. I mean, that's that's crazy. So this thing again, a bit like uh, Icebreaker at SeaWorld. And to be fair, this was the case with the old Guazi anyway. You know, the theming in and around the coaster is nothing to write home about. This does look a little bit like it. You know, this could have been built in the back of a home depot uh, and and no one would have bat an eyelid really <laughs> but you know yeah. it's the type of ride where it's all about the stats surrounding it really they're not interested in in immersing you in in sort of some sort of wider experience in the same way that disney and universal are so from that perspective you just sort of leave those kinds of expectations at the door and you go for the thrills and this thing looks like it's going to deliver when it opens in uh, less yeah. than two months' time, I guess some of that could have improved because obviously this video is relatively old at this point, right? It's a couple of years old now, a year old, something like that. I so, think so, yeah. Um, maybe they've done some improvements to the land around it since maybe. this video was made. I mean, traditionally, all that was outside Guazi was uh, a basketball, <laughs> a basketball game. Uh, you could rock step up right up. Shoot can some you, hoops. Can you beat this con? No, because it's a con. <laughs> I Well, my mum once won a cuddly tiger in one of the basketball games at Bush Whoa. Gardens. I'll have you know. Yeah, in the little ancient Egypt section, I think it was. It was either the ancient... I think it was the ancient Egypt section. She won a cuddly tiger in a safari outfit. And then there was somewhere else. She also won on the basketball in the... Uh, is it Timbuktu, where like Scorpion is, and some of the fairground rides? I believe okay, yeah. she also won something there. Can't remember what it was. I had a very distressing experience. I remember when I, I also won something at Bush Gardens. I can't remember what the game was, but it was literally just a little plastic ring with a big jewel on it. That's what I won—a pretty rubbish prize. And I put it on <laughs> when we got home for the day. And I couldn't get it off. It, it was stuck to my finger. And I was so upset and freaking out and terrified. I was trying to pull it off my finger. It was like a scene from Lord of the Rings. <laughs> get it off. Get the precious off. He could see you. He could see you. And uh, I, very, I very vividly remember when I finally got it off, just tossing it across the room. <laughs> Again, very strong <laughs> Lord of the Rings vibes. Take it off, Mr. Frodo. The eye can see you. So, yeah, never again, Josh. Never again. I vowed that day. Never again will I do a theme park fairground game, just in case I have another ill-fitting ring thrust upon me. Right, so. Yeah, it's a a good stance to take. (laughs) 
Anyway. Yeah, so uh, a trifecta of new coasters to look forward to there. Very exciting indeed. Uh, Let's stay in Florida while we're here. So we've got a a couple of updates from Hollywood Studios. Is this right, Josh? And Toy Story Land specifically, which I guess to veterans and regulars of Disney World probably feels not old by now, but, you know, it's, it's... it's part of the fabric of the park at this point. It's been so long yeah. since I've been to Hollywood Studios that I have never stepped foot inside Toy Story Land. So this is going to be an entirely new experience for me when I when I go. But they are planning some additions to Toy Story Land for 2022. I don't know if they'll be ready in time for me. But regardless, what have they got lined up here? Uh, well, two new things. Um, one of them is the previously announced Roundup Rodeo Barbecue, which would be a sit-down eatery. Um, there was rumours, I think, that this was already planned when they first were going to build Toy Story Land, uh, but then they rolled it back because Disney going to try and save as much money as possible. Mm. Uh, why spend a buck when you can spend 10 cents or whatever the phrase is? I don't know. Um, might have just made that up. So that's coming. Um, it's obviously going to do the barbecue fair. I guess maybe like the um, the place at uh, Epcot. Um, oh, Sam Eagles. Uh, Sam Eagles. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and but other than that, uh, Andy has discovered um, a Jesse's trading post. Oh, okay, fine. <laughs> Um, yeah, we never, we never got, we never saw that stage of Andy's life in the trilogy. We, we, the time skip between two and three meant that we were robbed of that. Yes, Woody um, peeping out from the chest of toys. <laughs> oh, Andy's got a laptop for Christmas. Ah, oh, ah, uh, close the lid, bus. Bring it. <laughs> uh, but Andy has discovered Jesse's trading post playset uh, tucked away in the attic or the loft. If uh, you're English, uh, yeah, and he's bringing it even. downstairs, yeah, and he's bringing it downstairs to set up shop, full of the coolest toys and finest souvenirs, hand picked by the rootinest tootinest cowgirl. Okay, so it's a gift shop. It's a gift shop. Yeah. Is there no gift shop in Toy Story Land at the moment? There's like a small, like um, one of those portable push around carts hmm. that they have in Hollywood. Studios, MGM. I guess they have them everywhere. But that's crazy. Like I don't know. Maybe times have changed, but Toy Story seemed always like the most merchandisable, if that is a word, the most merchandisable film series you could possibly imagine. And the fact that there's been no yeah. big gift shop in the Toy Story Land this whole time is kind of baffling to me. But hey ho, it's literally um, based on toys. It, well, exactly. And as for the dining, I know up until this point they only had that little counter service place, the Woody's lunchbox. Yeah. It does seem a shame to me. And I know it used to; they used to have this, didn't they? Pizza Planet, and it was changed into uh, the gone. Um, oh God, Pizza Rizzo's. Uh, Pizza Rizzo, yeah. I, I mean, yeah, Pizza Planet. The idea that I mean, the potential for a Pizza Planet restaurant done well at a theme park is is huge you couldn't really ask for something more than that to to take from a film for a, a themed dining experience and it seems a, a shame to me that there's nowhere to go in the world at this point where you can have a pizza planet experience in real life but oh well it, it maybe it wouldn't fit with the theme of the toy story land which does seem like it's a bit more on that kind of western uh uh, more on the in the kind of the western realm than the sci-fi realm of, of the yeah. Toy Story universe. But um, I don't know. Maybe guess... they'll do something for the Lightyear movie this year. They'll do some sort of tie-in at the parks. Um, yeah, maybe. I guess, but I guess they couldn't have a if they had another pizza place. That'd be three pizza places in one theme park. And. Are you trying to imply there's such a thing as too much pizza? Is I'm that, not saying. I mean, you would I, be wrong. I will happily eat pizza until t- cows come home. Uh, I'm currently going through all of uh, a YouTube channel called One Bite Pizza, um, where the president of Barstool Sports, um, a 
sports blog in America. He goes around and just tries every pizza in New York. Um, I'm currently going through all of the backlog of his videos. So I'm fully on board with pizza. Uh, I just don't know if Disney are fully on board with pizza. Well, I'm glad to hear that you're fully on board with pizza. I was worried for a minute there. (laughs) It's a very controversial food opinion. You should put it on your dating profile. What's your most controversial opinion? (laughs) I'm fully on board with pizza. (laughs) Also, screw you and your issues or whatever. Yeah. (laughs) Whatever it was earlier. (laughs) I'll add it. I'll add it. Um, Yeah. Mama Melrose and Pizza Rizzo are right next to each other as well. Uh, Mama Melrose, yeah. That's one of the three, yeah. is is it not, that you can book if you do the Fantasmic dining experience. Yes. Yeah. Which is what we did for my 18th birthday, is Mama Melrose followed by Fantasmic. Mm. Yeah, that was the plan for my sister's 24th, now 25th, now 26th. <laughs> we would do them all in one night at Mama Melrose. Right, yeah. Makes sense. Uh, there's um, two more quick fixes of Disney Park news, is there not, that you have drawn I from have plucked. the Blog Mickey archive? Yes. Um, so I will go with I'll go with uh, the Epcot thing real quick because it's a bit of a downer, and then we'll get back to something a bit more exciting. Uh, Epcot Center Drive uh, will be closed between now and. June 2022 for some major roadway projects, construction works. Um, so to get to Epcot, you'll have to go via uh, the uh, World Drive instead. Right. Uh, Does that just create the potential it. for more traffic, I guess, if everyone has to go the same way? Yeah, exactly. So you cannot get to World Drive from Epcot Centre Drive or from Buena Vista Drive mm. uh, via Epcot Centre Drive because uh, it is shut. The whole thing's shut, so you can't get northbound, can't get southbound from there. Um, and the only way to, uh, I mean, I think that also means if you're at Epcot and you want to drive to, say, the Contemporary uh, or to uh, Ticket and Transportation Centre, uh, you cannot get there from, uh, you have to come. There's a roundabout way to get to there now. You can't just jump straight northbound, right? Uh, from Epcot, which is kind of a pain in the backside. So that's the next yeah. five months, unfortunately. Yeah. But if you are going to Epcot, go via International, uh, go via World Drive. Cool. That Good advice. Is, yes. Uh, and finally, uh, the construction walls are down on the Batu side. Of the Star Cruiser Batu Docking Bay Hallway. Um, oh. Obviously, the Star Wars Galactic Star Cruiser is the Star Wars themed hotel that's opening. Um, and you will board a, uh, I don't know what they call it, a ship, um, a transport ship uh, to a get shuttle? from the hotel. Yeah, I guess a shuttle um, to get from the Star Cruiser Hotel to. Star Wars Galaxy's Edge at MGM slash Hollywood Studios. Um, it's just a bus. Spoilers. Um, but yeah, they've shown off the entranceway now, which is kind of a big, long tunnel. Who'd have guessed? It's where they check your immigration papers, I assume. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, I think uh, it looks like it is literally just a tunnel that they, they've they opened up and the rest of it was already there because there's like a little shop there and that sort of thing. And Kylo Ren's ship is there. Oh, boy. Not Kylo oh Ren. Oh, boy. Yeah. That oh, movie teenager. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, speaking of work... It's a really generic-looking hall. Uh, yes, it, it is. It's nothing to write home about. No offense, no. Blog Mickey. Speaking of work walls, uh, before we uh, cross over to Europe for uh, a couple of quick fixes, before we get on out of here... I thought that there was quite a good write-up of kind of the current state of things at Universal Studios Florida over on Orlando Park Stop because there's kind of like Universal Orlando feels like it's the studios specifically kind of on the cusp of some changes, some enhancements, some additions. Uh, and as a result, there it does it does feel like that, that there are work walls all over the gaff. So... 
uh, but but just a quick roundup to put some of that into context. So, of course, Revenge of the Mummy is currently closed and will be through uh, to late summer for refurb and renovation. Probably the most significant work that's been done to that ride since it opened almost 20 years ago. Obviously, there have been rumours that we've talked about before about what that might mean for the pre-ride storytelling and what that might then mean for the on-ride storytelling and Brendan Fraser's involvement and all that stuff. We've touched on that before. I think until things become official, there's not much point going over that ground again. However, this being a theme park, Josh, just because they've shut a ride doesn't mean they're going to rob themselves of a merchandising opportunity. And the uh, Sahara Traders gift shop that you go out into after the mummy is going to be uh, turned into a new tribute store for the duration of the mummy's closure, which will be uh, entirely dedicated to universal classic monsters, which, you know, as far as a tribute store goes, I'm quite excited to see that for myself. I'm gutted that the Jurassic Park tribute store was there for such a limited time. I would have loved to have been able to go and check that out myself, but this isn't a bad compromise. I'll, I'll be, keen to see the kind of stuff that they sell in here and how much they do it up i suppose because the theming in that jurassic park one i don't know if you remember looked kind of amazing like they'd done way more to it than they really needed to for the sake of selling you some t-shirts and cookies but they went above and beyond (laughs) so if they do something similar with this that could be quite a cool quite a cool thing to check out yeah, they've been good with the old uh, pop-up shops of late. Um, all through the COVID, when they couldn't have Halloween Horror Nights, they put a lot of effort into the uh, replacement Halloween Horror Nights pop-up shop. So, mm. um, yeah, they've been weirdly like some of the best themed shops ever seen. Oh, wow! Yeah, it's a big, big claim there. Big claim. What Bold is the claim. best themed shop you've ever seen? Do you have one? <laughs> Do you have the top thing uh, shop? Oh God, no, probably not. Put you on the spot uh, there. Come on, yeah. You can't make assertions like that and not have some evidence to back up from, your claims. From what I've seen, the Halloween Horror Nights ones were probably the best. Uh, not that I saw them in person, but they were. I would say they're it's them for sure. Fair, fair. It's a strong, yeah. a strong um, shout. In other work walls news, of course, there are also work walls around Shrek 4D and they are decorated with some Minions artwork fueling those rumours, which I think mm, was started subtle. by uh, Orlando Park Stop, uh, about a Minions villain con attraction moving into that space. Um, what kind of attraction it will be exactly, whether it will just be another show uh, and, a, and a, a relatively quick thing to change or whether it'll be a walkthrough thing or more of a ride experience. We don't know yet, but it seems safe to assume that it, that the Minions villain con theming is going to be on the money. But uh, the Shrek meet and greet, where you can meet Donkey and Shrek and Fiona at times too, that is still there around the corner. The gift shop is oh, gone. Uh, but the meet Have and you greet seen they're selling, is still there. They're selling stuff from uh, yes. the Shrek ride. Yes, in the prop shop, uh, you yeah. can get a pair of Ogrevision specs, which I assume they will be all gone by the time I'm there. They're only going yeah, for five certainly. bucks. If they were oh, at all still on sale, I would absolutely pick up a pair for five bucks. I mean, it's five bucks. Nice souvenir to have. Bit of history. What about the uh, the col- the coals of the podium? What about the podium? Well, yeah, the podium is is going for $4,000, so I'm not as convinced by that. I also think yeah. it might be a tough one to get home, <laughs> just wait, waiting for that at, at Heathrow on the way on. home to come round with your suitcases. <laughs> uh, you could also buy the, the shields that were hanging on the wall of the... Um, yes, yeah. ...of the... the I guess the dungeon is how they describe it in the ride, but the waiting area when you've got through the queue and haven't gone into the theatre yet, there were shields hanging up on the wall. You can buy those for 600 600 bucks a pop. And there are various other torture devices like chains and things that you can buy as well in that, in that, but I I assume you've been in the, uh, in the old prop shop. It's, it's super cool in there. There's quite often some very neat stuff. I've always contemplated buying some things in there and then obviously gone, mm. how the bl- bloody hell do I get this back to the UK? Yeah. 
Also, how do I afford it? Well, yeah. Unfortunately, I could afford it uh, at the detriment of other things, but... Uh, right, yes. Like yeah, a house true. or something. Okay. Like a house, yeah. Uh, and then, you know, other work walls dotted around the place as well. You've got new stars going on the uh, Hall of Fame or the, the Walk of Fame. You've got yep. Mardi Gras food stalls getting ready to go up as well. The Hogwarts Express is shut at the moment, seemingly until the end of this month. Fear Factor Live, of course, has long been closed, waiting for that to get torn down, it would seem. And then there's a big chunk of Kid Zone as well, which, uh, uh, I, I don't know, Josh, it's only a matter of time before Nintendo stuff springs up in there, right? 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 So, yeah, it's kind of kind of work wall city over there at the moment in old universal studios work wall city limits yeah might in a weird way make it feel more like a backlot than it has done in many years <laughs> yeah so Since it was built almost there you go be aware if you're planning a trip there anytime soon it might look a little bit messy just finally then Crossing over to Europe, the one sort of, you know, I kind of alluded to it earlier that most theme parks are kind of emerging from the COVID crisis. One that hasn't been able to do that is Efteling. Uh, it was closed, I think, just before Christmas uh, as the Netherlands dealt with a, a spike in Omicron cases. And uh, the closure is going to remain in place until at least the 25th of January. So when you hear this, Efteling will still be closed. And of course, it's curtailed its planned 70th anniversary celebrations that it's celebrating its 70th anniversary this year so a real shame for efteling hopefully it can open uh, in the not too distant future and make the most of this uh, of this special year for the park they've got some new stuff to open when mm. they are allowed to and i would like to go myself as well yeah so get out there to see the uh Verald van sinbad yeah or the uh, the world of sinbad to you and me well, you know, there's a gap in the market for Sinbad-based theme park attractions since the Islands of Adventure show was so brutally taken from us. It's true. It's true. I'm I'm hoping that there's a 70th anniversary baseball cap that I can buy. <laughs> yes. Is the is the Sinbad zone in Islands of Adventure, is that still just a massive smoking area? I think that's what it was uh, last time I was there. I think so. I can't remember. Mm. It's been a while. Because yeah. you have to hook a left, don't you, to go up there? Yes, as you come out of Harry Potter. Yeah, because you've got like, the water fountain, haven't you, that talks to you. And then... Oh, the water fountain. My, one of my absolute theme park highlights as a kid was a particularly brilliant interaction with that water fountain. There must be home video of that somewhere that I'm going to need to try and find. It'll be on one oh. of the old camcorders, I would have thought. But it was amazing. It was absolutely amazing. Uh, so final final thing, uh, we've, we've spoken about this before, the world's first Jumanji theme park ride coming to Gardaland in Italy. Uh, we've got an opening date for it now, which is the 2nd of April. Uh, for those who don't know, this is a dark ride, looks pretty highly themed. We've had a good look at some of the impressive animatronic tech being used on this ride already. Uh, we've now got a look at the vehicle, which uh, you know looks like a, a Jeep. Uh, most striking to me was the little promo video they put out of uh, Dwayne Johnson, Karen Gillan and Jack Black, or at least the porn parody versions of themselves, <laughs> checking out this <laughs> ride. I'm sorry, my mind, I, I'm sorry that my mind goes there, but that is absolutely the vibe I got when I saw these characters for the first time. It's like, yeah. oh, where's this film going to end up? Do I have to, do I have to put my date of birth and a pin number in to watch the rest of this? <laughs> The Rock looks more like um, Jeff Bezos. <laughs> Who himself is starting to look a lot like Pitbull. Uh, to bring yeah. it back to what we were talking about, Pitbull last week, he's going to be at the... Uh, he's going to be at Mardi Gras at Universal. Mm. And, uh, the, Kevin yeah, Hart, the Kevin Hart they got is terrible. The Kevin Hart they've got is really bad. Uh, the, the Jack Black and the Karen Gillan the are... I mean, they're all pretty questionable. Jack Black looks more like Peter Jackson... Yeah, I was thinking that. And like, uh, Peter Jackson, that um, where you brief clip of him uh, in F Fellowship of the Ring, <laughs> he's just eating a carrot. 
Yeah. <laughs> but uh, no, I'm I'm really intrigued by this ride. I mean, I must admit, I'm not familiar with Gardaland at all. But this looks like, you know, in terms of the the aim for this ride, it looks very akin to the type of thing you would expect from from a Disney or from a Universal. That's what they're going for. It'll be interesting to see whether or not it ends up feeling like a low-budget version of what you'd expect from those parks or if it can really hold its own. But, you know, Sony are involved, the Sony Pictures, so there's there must be some money behind this and some weight behind it. And hopefully, hopefully it delivers. I'll be interested to see uh, the first little POV videos that start to come out in the coming months. Yes. It looks like a smaller car of uh you know indiana jones or uh dinosaur mm. maybe at, um, yeah animal kingdom yeah those are good points of comparison and not too much longer to know what it'll all be like it's due to open on the 2nd of april well that's going to do it for this week's episode thanks very much for listening if you haven't already you can of course subscribe to the show on your preferred podcasting app of choice or find every episode if that's easier at parkrush.com you can get in touch with the show via email podcast at parkrush.com or on twitter at parkrushpodcast we are also in various other places including twitch and youtube just uh, look up parkrush on those particular platforms Uh, there are a few of course video series that we have running which took a christmas break and haven't yet come back but we do need to sit down and record some more installments of beastly d in florida so keep an eye out there'll be more of those coming up in the not too distant future as well as uh, some video game sessions we do need to check back in with the magic kingdom minecraft expansion mm. and of course we did have we did promise <laughs> we did promise that we would tr- we would stream some toontown what is it reloaded or Rewritten. Oh, God, yeah. Rewritten. Rewritten. Yeah. So get hyped. Yeah, we've got to do that. Get hyped. Hey, yeah. uh, I've got some time off over these next couple of weeks, so maybe Perfect. that will line up with your shift patterns and we can get some something going. Absolutely. That sounds like an absolute dream. Until then, though, everyone, take it easy out there, and we'll see you next time. Goodbye. See ya. See ya.